Today, uh, we're going to take communion, and it is something Christians have done ever since the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We eat the bread that represents his body, and we drink the cup that represents his blood shed for our sins. Both of those are symbols that are essential to life. Without food, we don't live very long. Without blood, we don't live at all. These symbols represent life. And so this morning, I'm, I'm going to share quite a number of scriptures. I'm not going to say a lot about them this morning. But the theme of all these scriptures is that Jesus really is essential to life. And without him, we really don't have what we need for living life like God wants us to live. And so as we prepare for communion, I want to remind us that Jesus is the essence of life and that we need to keep him essential in our life and not push him to the sidelines. There are all kinds of good, even religious things that can creep into our lives like creeping Jenny in a garden. (laughs) And Creeping Jenny can kind of just take over. And all kinds of other things, even for us as Christians, can begin to creep in and take over, even as good as they are. And pretty soon, Jesus kind of gets covered up in all the other things of Christian faith. I want to remind you this morning, I want to remind myself that Christianity Your faith and my faith is about Jesus. And we have to go back to him to have life. We do not find life in all the other religious things that we do. We find life in Jesus and in Jesus alone. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. He was, in, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that light, that life was the light of men. John wrote that gospel about 50 years after Jesus had been taken into heaven. He was an old man, very old man at that point. And he is still very excited about one thing. He's excited about Jesus because Jesus is the one who had changed everything for him in his life. And he starts out by reminding us of this simple truth that Jesus is God. He's always been there. He created the world and everything that has been created with God the Father. All that has been made, Jesus created. Without Jesus, nothing would have been created. And so, therefore, the mark of Jesus is on everything you and I can touch. The mark of Jesus is on each one of you. The mark of Jesus is on everything in all creation. And because of that, 
you and I owe our lives to him. Because without him, we wouldn't exist. And all the things that you and I need for life would not exist apart from Jesus. Jesus is life. We are spiritually dead without a relationship without, with Jesus. You can see so often in just looking in the eyes of people when Jesus has really taken over possession of their life. He just brings life and light to people. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 again. The author of Hebrews says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And so the writer of Hebrews says to us that God communicates to us through Jesus, through a relationship with Jesus. And when we know Jesus, we begin to have God speaking more clearly to us. But he also says here that not only did Jesus make the world and make us and make everything that has been made, but he is the heir of everything that is created. All things are going back to his possession. And I want to remind you today that Jesus wants each one of us to be his possession. We don't own ourselves. Jesus wants to own us, and we want to live our lives for him and for his glory. He also says in this passage that he purged our sins, that he forgave our sins, that he wiped them out, that he reigns on high at the right hand of God, and that he's superior even to angels in terms of communicating with us and talking to us. It, you know, having Jesus in a relationship with Jesus is superior to any other form of, of communication uh, that God could give to us. And then the last passage uh, relating to this is from Colossians, where it talks again about Jesus being part of creation. Colossians 1, 13 through 16. Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness. One of the things that... Um, we struggle with because all of us have these um, while we have the image of God we also have the image of Adam and the fallen nature in us and so one of the things when we talk uh, we, when we sing that song mighty to save does God have the power 
to deal with the things that we, you and I struggle with in our sin. And for each one of us, it's a different area of our life that we struggle with. And the question here is, does God have the power to deal with those areas of darkness in our life? And, and according to Paul writing here in Colossians, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. And we need to, to ask God to help us deal with those areas of darkness in each one of our lives. And then secondly, he says he has transported us into the kingdom of Jesus. Now again, a kingdom is a place where there is a king who rules his kingdom. And so one of the functions of Jesus is to put us into this kingdom of Jesus so that Jesus now is king of our life. And if he is king of our lives, then we are no longer the king and the master of our lives. One of the great aims of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be your king. And that is the intent uh, of what he's talking about here, that Jesus has transported us into that kingdom where Jesus becomes the king and the Lord of our lives. He talks about Jesus providing redemption and forgiveness, and, that, and, and then at the end, that he created everything, and all things were created for him. So you and I were created by him, but you and I were created for him we were created so that we might bring glory and honor and joy to god every one of us were created for that purpose i want to go through you have that on the inside of your bulletin the seven great i am statements of jesus in the gospel of john i want to remind you of those today as we prepare ourselves for communion in, in John chapter 6, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So the first statement that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John is that I am the bread of life. Bread is something, that it, it, it stands for what sustains us and nourishes us. And Jesus is simply saying that you and I will never really be sustained and nourished without Jesus in our lives. John Piper said, The cost of food in the kingdom is hunger for the bread of heaven instead of the white bread of the world. And the question for each of us is this, are you hungry or are you just satisfied with yourself and your television and your computer and your job and your family? Are you hungry for the bread of heaven, which is the Lord Jesus Christ? In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus makes the next I am statement. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I, just about two weeks ago, was walking around, stumbling around the living room. It was dark, and I'd forgot that I'd put my big 
heavy clunker boots and left them right in the hallway uh, or pathway between the living room and the dining room. And I was, I don't know, I went out to do something and I walked through there and I still have a toe that hurts right now <laughs> from hitting those stupid boots because I wasn't smart enough to turn the light on. I was walking in darkness. <laughs> Jesus says that really without Jesus, we are always stumbling around in darkness. He gives us light so that we can learn to navigate through life with wisdom and with understanding, and so that we can see the path ahead. John chapter 10, verse 9, is the third I am statement. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in, and they will go out, and they will find pasture. And so Jesus says that he's the gate, or he's the door. He's the way that you get into the kingdom. It is through Jesus that we enter a relationship with God, and, and we get into his kingdom. And there is no other way, he says. He is the gate. The word the there is not like our word the. It's more like the, the only one. This is the way that you get into a relationship with God. You come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then just two verses later, John, in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If you're struggling with faith, you need to know that you don't have a bad shepherd. You don't have a God who isn't willing to go to the cross for you. That's how much he loves you. My wife grew up raising sheep. One thing you know about sheep is that you never assume that they will be responsible for themselves. And God knows that we can never really be responsible for ourselves. We need a shepherd. We need a good shepherd. And Jesus paid the entrance fee into the kingdom with his own life. You and I, there was nothing you and I could do to have a relationship with God, but Jesus provided that by laying down his life on the cross, choosing to lay it down for us. Dennis Kinlaw, who has passed away and gone on to heaven now, but was a great teacher at uh, Asbury College and Asbury Seminary for many years. He wrote, most shepherds have sheep so they can eat them and wear their wool. But Jesus is the good shepherd, and he invites us to consume him and to wear him. To put on Jesus as our clothes and to eat of his life and drink of his blood. The fourth I am statement comes from John chapter 11 when Lazarus had died and Jesus shows up late 
And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they died. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? The great thing about the Christian life is that Jesus says that by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have eternal life in heaven with him after we die. That death is not the end. It is the, op- it is the door to the next life and the door to eternal life with Christ And friends, I want to remind you, without a relationship with Jesus, you do not enter into heaven. You need to have a relationship with Jesus because he is the door to the resurrection and to eternal life. And then in John chapter 14, verses 6 through 7, Jesus says to his disciples, after he's told them that he's going away to prepare a place for them, Jesus says, They ask, well, where are you going? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father as well, and from now on you know him and you have seen him. And so Jesus says, I am the one way. I am the one truth. I am the one life. Acts chapter verse 12 says salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which men must be saved that is not a real popular doctrine in our world today but I cannot stand before you and tell you anything else this is what the word says there is no other name by which you can be saved. It is Jesus. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. You need a relationship with Jesus if you want to have eternal life. The church in the world today is a lot like the story that E. Stanley Jones tells of a missionary in the jungle. He got lost with nothing around him but bush and a few cleared places And he finally found a small village and asked one of the natives if he could lead him out of the jungle. And the native said, well, yes, I can. All right, the missionary said, show me the way. And they walked for hours through dense brush, hacking their way through the unmarked jungle. The missionary began to worry and said, are you quite sure that this really is the way? Where is the path? And the native said, Bawana? In this place, there is no path. I am the path. There are going to be seasons in your life when you do not see a path. Jesus is the path. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come back to him. And the last I am from John comes in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. There is never any place for spiritual arrogance. Because in that passage, Jesus says, without him, none of us can do anything. I am learning that even, even at my age more and more. And hopefully I keep learning that same lesson. That apart from Jesus, I can't really accomplish anything. And Jesus says, if we abide in him, we have security. It is not us holding on to God, but it is God holding on to us. <laughs> there are times when we may mess up, but God hangs on to us. Security is not found in just practicing a religion of rules, but it is the practice of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then letting that begin to flow out in obedience in our life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate, the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true Again, I want to come back to where I started. The very essence of life is Jesus. Without him, we really have not discovered life. He is the essential element for life on earth, and we owe our lives to him. And as we take these Elements this morning, a bread and the cup. They are to remind us that he is essential to our life.